All right, all right. Ya, ya empezaron. <laughs> all right. Amen, amen. Amen. I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this. We excited about the word this morning. Amen. Amen. All right. It's good to see some familiar faces, some new faces. Welcome. Um, let me just say, uh, I'll start this way. Happy Mother's Day. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. I, I want to welcome you. I want to say that you are blessed and highly favored among us today. We value you. We love you. We appreciate you. But if anybody thought they were coming for a mushy Mother's Day message, you came to the wrong place. <laughs> Here's what I want to do for you today, though, Mom. What I want to do is preach the unadulterated Word of God so that our sons and our daughters will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, but they could be built up in love and equipped for every good work which they were created for in Christ Jesus. Amen? Would you let me do that today? Amen. So we're going to continue the series Super natural, supernatural, and our, our, our whole goal, our whole desire behind it is to, is to be believers so that we can make the supernatural supernatural among us, that it would be supernatural in our lives. Leonard Ravenhill once said this, check this out, I believe every church, every Christian, every believer is either supernatural or superficial. I don't believe there's a middle ground. Every Christian, every believer, we're either supernatural or we're superficial. There's no middle ground. You can't go halfway. Amen? All right, so lean in, wake up. Father, we just ask you to encounter us with your word today, Lord. Encounter us, God. Encounter us, God. Help me to get out of the way. <coughs> We just call on your Holy Spirit, Father, to preach and to listen. And we ask you to have your way, even right now, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Last week, we, we talked about the other me. How many of you had to deal with that this week? Amen. That other me, the other me that, that shows up when you don't expect it, the other me that, that shows up when, and makes decisions for you right away when you're not thinking things through, that, that other me that, that shows up when you're around certain people, the other me that, that springs up when there's strong emotions involved, like anger, unforgiveness, envy, jealousy, hatred. We talked about that other me. For, for some of us, it was, he was that, that Monday through Saturday me. And the only time that me got a break is when you put the Christian mask on and came in to worship the Lord on Sunday. Could be nice, Pastor. So understand something. We can't do a series titled Supernatural. We can't talk about the Spirit of God dwelling in us. We can't talk about living a Spirit-filled life and without dealing with the other me. 
calladitos. The scriptures say in Christ we're a new creation, right? The old has passed away, the new has come. And, and that means in Christ, man, we're no longer dead in our sins. We're made new. Our debt is paid. We get a new account. The old me has no authority. But as many of us found out the same day we became a Christian, we can still walk in our old ways. Right? No matter how new we are, no matter how, what God has done in us, it's easy for us sometimes to still walk in our old ways. Somebody say amen. The more people I've talked to this week, people have been telling me, man, I had to deal with that me at work. I had to deal with that me in my marriage. I had to deal, and that's awesome, man. That's powerful. That's powerful. Maybe you've never seen it this way. Maybe you haven't identified them. But if you heard the word this past week, you were forced to deal with some things. It might not have been fun, but I told you it was going to be a challenge. Amen? So I want to give you another picture this week and let me, to let me help you kind of in that struggle, to help us in that struggle, to make it a little easier. Because, because um, what, what I've learned in, in 25, 26 years of, of kind of walking this thing out, you can make it easier for yourself or you can make it harder. Amen? So I want to I help you to kind of make it a little easier. The scriptures say it this way. We've been talking about the two me's, but the, the scriptures put it this way. Paul identifies the two me's as the flesh and the spirit. All right, we're going to get into some Bible, amen, in, in, in a second. But I want you to see the two me's as the flesh and the spirit. There's an old story. Billy Graham quoted this years and years ago, and, and it's, a, it's an old fable. Uh, it doesn't matter whether it's true or not, whether it happened. It's a picture that I want to I give you. It's a story that goes like this. There was a man who, would, would every, who, who came to town every Saturday afternoon, and every Saturday afternoon, he'd bring with him two wolves, and one was black and one was white. And he had trained these wolves to fight on command. And so every Saturday afternoon in the town square of this little, this little town, the people would gather and these two wolves would fight and the man would take bets. And some Saturdays the black wolf would win and some Saturdays the white wolf would win. But the, the man, the owner of the wolves always won. And so his friends started to catch on. He says, man, how come you always know which wolf is going to win these fights? How come you always win? And he said, that's simple. I starve one and I feed the other. The one I feed always wins. We should just pray and go home. The one I feed always wins. Paul says we can walk according to the flesh or we can walk according to the spirit. And if we're going to make the supernatural supernatural, obviously we're going to need to walk according to the spirit. Amen? 
But here's the problem. A lot of people want to walk in the supernatural. We want to walk with the move of God. We want to know that God is leading us. Anybody? We, we want to know. We want, we want the, the spirit of God to affect us, to affect the people around us. We want our prayers answered, right? We want, when we ask for something that God is there in it, we want to have word of knowledge. We want to have prophecy. We want to speak to people. We want to do all of this. We want to walk in the supernatural, but we don't want to be obedient. We don't want to do what we already know we should be doing. But yet when it comes to the supernatural, we want to walk on the glory cloud. And we want to walk in the anointing. We want to walk across rivers without, without getting the ankles wet. But we don't want to do what God is telling us to do in our lives. We don't want to follow simple things that he already told. See, we want to be selfish lovers. We want God to please us, but we don't want to please him. I know you're only clapping because you feel like you have to. Ain't nobody want to hear this on Sunday morning. It's Mother's Day. Can we just have a nice lunch and bring up some women, bless them, and let them leave? In the book of Acts chapter 8, there was a man named Simon the sorcerer. And Simon the sorcerer had already a pretty big following. He was Simon the magician and people would talk about him. He would, whenever he would walk, people would gather around him and people would say, this guy has like the power of God. It's because they didn't know the real God, right? They just, they thought like the magic and the stuff that he would do, Simon the sorcerer would amaze people. And so at, at this point in Acts chapter 8, the, he, Simon the sorcerer sees the apostles and the apostles had just received this Holy Spirit. The apostles had just started speaking in other tongues and people were understanding them. And then God told them to lay hands on people so that people would receive the power of God, the spirit of God. And so Simon watches the apostles as he's laying hands on people and people are, are, are receiving the Holy Spirit and they're believing and they're being changed. And, and Simon says, I want that power. And so he goes to the apostles and he offers them money and he says, give me that power. Peter got so tight. Peter says, may your money die with you. He said, you won't have anything to do with this. Your heart is not right. Repent and ask God to forgive you. And he's like, oh God, he, he got broke. He said, Peter, but then pray that, that that's how it would be to me. Pray. But see, Paul shows us that the supernatural life is a heart thing. The supernatural life is a heart thing. It's a, it's a process. How we walk in it depends on what we want more. You still with me? Galatians 5.16, he says, Walk by the Spirit and you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, listen, to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. Wow, that's so powerful. So listen, the flesh wants to keep you from doing what you want to do in the Spirit. And the Spirit wants to keep you from doing what you want to do in the flesh. They're opposed to one another. Which one will be stronger in you? The one you feed. 
I just want to make it, I don't want to make it complicated. I, don't, I told you this supernatural thing wasn't to mystify, it was to clarify. I want you to understand simply this life. The flesh will not, will stop you from doing what you want to do in the spirit. You say, in the spirit, man, I want to be a godly man. I want to be a godly woman. I want to be somebody of integrity. I want to be somebody of character. I want to be somebody that people can trust. I want to be somebody that could, could help people, that could have the answers for people, that could lead the lost. I want to be a light. I want to shine. The, the flesh says, no, you don't. The flesh says, I won't let you do that. Your flesh says, I want you to do what you want to do. I want you to do what feels good. I want you to do, if, if your wife ain't doing that for you, find somebody that will. If your husband's not taking care of you, find somebody that will. That guy at work, I put him there for you. The flesh wants you to do what feels good. The flesh wants you to go after the, whatever makes you happy. This, our, we live in a society, a culture that says, do what makes you happy. God wants you happy. That's, that's what the word, that's what society says. God wants you happy. So, so do what makes you happy. To hell with your wife and your kids. The spirit says, no, I won't let you do that. The spirit is contrary to what the flesh wants. The spirit won't let you do what the flesh wants you to do. When you, even sometimes, you, you know the struggle. Don't admit it. Don't raise your hands because you'll get in trouble. But just look straight and just keep very still. Don't clap. Don't yell. You know, you know that there's times when you wanted to do something. You've entertained it in your mind. And the spirit says no. Come on. The spirit in you says, no, I won't let you do that. I won't let you do that. The, the spirit and the, man. Mm. That's good stuff. It's a process. So understand something. The question is not which is stronger. The question is not which has more power. Is, the, is this evil spirit, you know, working in you has the same power as the Holy Spirit and it's a battle? No. The question is not who's stronger. The question is who's going to have more influence in your life? Who's going to have more influence in my life? It's not who's stronger. God is God and the devil's a roach. It's not, it's not about who's stronger. It's not about who has more power. It's not about, oh, we have to be scared. We have to be careful. No, we don't. No, we don't. We have to check ourselves. And we got to walk in what God wants us to walk in. Amen? And when we do that, we don't have to fear of anything. There's no fear. God did not give us a spirit of fear. Amen? So the question is, which one are you giving more access to in your life? The one you feed will see victory more often. The one you feed will ultimately win. Will definitely win more battles. Paul gives us some incredible insight into living this supernatural life. So, time, so many times in his life, Paul went into the most anti-God regions of the earth. And everywhere he went, he proclaimed the good news. And everything he did, he pointed people to Christ. And the Holy Spirit would lead him to places and warn him about other places. He would say, he said, every city I go into, the Holy Spirit warns me that they're going to attack you here. Paul says, but I don't care. I go in anyway. Because to me, to, to, to live is, is who cares? 
To die is gain. To live. And, and so he, he's, he's about, I'm going to be all things to all people. He, he doesn't care. But, but the Holy Spirit would warn him. See, it's important for us to know, and, and this is a, a, good, a good thing also to kind of have, you got to have this in your mind. The Holy Spirit was always with him. Always with him, leading him. He writes that the Holy Spirit warns him that he's going to be attacked in some cities and he still goes. Listen, sometimes the Spirit of God will prepare you for something that's coming. This is so good. You got to hear this. Sometimes the Spirit of God will prepare. I've seen this in my own life. I've had dreams. I've had prophetic words. And and sometimes it's to help you avoid something. Sometimes God will give you a dream. Sometimes God will, the, the Spirit of God will quicken you and, and, and you'll know, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, and, and it's to help you avoid some things. You see this, this new lady at work or this new guy at your office and, and the Holy Spirit will quicken you and you say, whoa, that dude's a trap. Avoid that. You know, but he's such a nice guy. He's such a, avoid that. You'll feel, you'll feel, you'll know. So sometimes as the Spirit of God will tell you, don't get on that train. Let that train go. Move from this car. Go to the other car. Some, you, the Spirit of God. Listen, when you're in tune with the Spirit, it's amazing. It's never boring. It's never boring. If, if, if your Christian life is boring, it's because you're not connected. It's because you got no signal. Get into the place where, the, where it's stronger. Oh, that's good. That's extra. Get into the place where you have more bars. <laughs> Sometimes it's not, sometimes the Spirit of God will speak to you and it's not so that you can avoid the difficult times. Sometimes it's to prepare you so that you can stand in the season that's coming. I've seen this in my life too many times. I've gotten through certain things in my life only because God prepared me they were already coming. I remember specifically one season God used someone to speak into, into our life but my wife and I, and, and they said, listen, this is about to happen, but God wants you to know that he's doing it for your good. And we're like, oh, okay. Great. <laughs> Thank you. But then it happened. The next, very next week, somebody gave us this word. See, I want to walk like that. I don't know about you, but I want to walk like that. I want to be a messenger for God. More than on a Sunday, I mean in my daily life. We can fake this. But in my daily life, I want to be a messenger for God. Not with a prepared message, but with whatever God drops in my heart. Whatever God. Amen? And so they told me, look, this is going to happen, and, but God wants you to know it's for your good. The next week it happened. But I had to be okay with it. Because God already told me it was going to happen. And he already told me that he's doing it for my good. So you lean back and you say, okay, God. Amen? See, there's power in knowing that whatever is about to come down, God has already prepared for you. If the Spirit of God in you told you it was coming, then you know He's already working in it to get you through it. Come on, man. And that's what I want for us, family, that, that we would understand who we are and what we have. Paul lived this thing, man. He lived it humbly. There was no show. That's what I love about, about the apostle Paul. There was no show about him. He wasn't knocking people down and blowing his breath on people. And this whole section falls down. There was none of that showy stuff. Man gets that joint all twisted today, right? We, we get a little taste of anointing and we think it's for show. 
Paul was so humble about it. He, he says, although I'm free, I became a slave to all that I might win some. To the Jew, I became like a Jew that I might win a Jew. To those, uh, to, to, the, to the Gentile, I became like a Gentile that I might win the Gentiles. To those under the law, I became like those under the law that I might win some. To those in the law, I became in the law. To, to, he said, I became all things to all people that I might save some. He started churches in places like Corinth. Corinth was so corrupt with idolatry, they had a temple to Aphrodite. That was the biggest temple in Corinth. Aphrodite, the Greek goddess of love. And this temple had a thousand temple prostitutes who worked the city for God. Paul starts a church there. So his church in Corinth is all ex-fornicators, ex-adulterers, ex-homosexuals, ex, it, it was just all exes, it's an ex-church. Imagine preaching sexual purity to a people that are having sex to please God. All the children are here. All right, all right. Anyway, so play, praise God. They were playing chess to please God. So... um. So Paul understands this thing and God uses him in the scriptures and he helps us understand this supernatural walk and he breaks it down so lovely for us. Listen, some people say the Bible's hard to understand, but that's just your excuse to not read it. I'd say get a Bible app on your phone and just read a little something every day on the train, on the bus, at night, wherever. You're always, man, cut Instagram five minutes, cut Facebook five minutes, and give those five minutes to the Bible app. You know what? Even if you don't understand it, even if you don't understand it, read a passage and say, God, that was so weird. (laughs) But okay. I read it. God, that has nothing to do with my life right now, but whatever. I read it. Guess what? When we, re- when, when we read it, it's the Holy Spirit's job to illuminate. It's the Holy Spirit's job to bring it to remembrance. It's the Holy Spirit's job to make it come alive. But if you don't read it, there's nothing in you to unpack. There's nothing in you to illuminate. If we don't read it, we're starving the wrong wolf. Psalm 119 says, the word is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. But our society is so obsessed with wanting to know what's ahead and we want to see our whole future and we're only using a little flashlight's worth of word. And you want to see your whole future. But you got this much word in you, just enough to maybe take another step. Paul tells us this supernatural thing, it isn't easy. But God hasn't left us alone. Either we're supernatural or we're superficial. It's a battle that takes place in us, but God hasn't left us to fight the battle alone. He's given us the Spirit of God. He's given us a helper, a comforter, a counselor, an advocate, a guide, a revealer, a teacher. And when all that else fails, He's given us an intercessor that's praying for us. Do you understand? That's like a multi-use tool. 
the, the spirit of God in you, it has something for everything. You need to screwdriver. It has a screwdriver. You need, it has a plier. You need, it has a hammer. It has everything we need. That's a multi-use tool that's in us, the spirit of God. And when all else fails, it's an intercessor. It's praying for you. So he says in Galatians 5.16, walk by the spirit and you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. Don't raise your hands, but I mean, did anybody struggle with the flesh? That was bold. <laughs> now the works of the flesh are evident. Watch this. Paul says, let me, let me let you know exactly what the works of the flesh are in case, you know, in case some of us are not that bright. Or, or in case we want to try to plead ignorance. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. He says, the works of the flesh are evident, dummy. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. <laughs> it's funny, people tell me, oh yeah, but the Bible is like old, the Bible doesn't talk to... Paul's talking about orgies, Really? And kids, you can ask your parents. I'm not answering any more of those questions. I'm moving on. So Paul says, and I, listen, I love the way the message, this is one time the message kind of nails it. It really just, just makes it so clear and so easy to understand. Look what it says, the same passage. It says, it is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time, walking in the flesh. Repetitive, loveless, cheap chest. A, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. Trinket gods. Wow. Magic show religion. Paranoid loneliness. Cutthroat competition. All-consuming yet never satisfied once. A brutal temper. An impotence to love or to be loved. Divided homes, divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits. The vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival. Uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions. Ugly parodies of community. Doesn't that describe so much of what we see in our culture? Ugly parodies of community. No real community. Because our culture doesn't have real... We have 23 social media apps on our phones with hundreds, thousands of friends and followers. And we know what each one of them eats, how much they eat, where they eat, with who they eat, what happens after they eat. We know it all, but people are still lonely and disconnected. Because <clears throat> it's an ugly parody of community. It's not real true community. But we feel like we're connected as long as, oh my God, I leave my house without my phone. What if somebody posts something on Facebook and they ate something bad? <laughs> oh my God. What if somebody meets a celebrity and takes a selfie with them? What, what, I'm going to have to wait till later? I got to run back home. Forget it. I call in late. I got to run back home. I got to have my phone with me. I got to be connected with my 4,000 friends that don't care if I'm alive or dead. <laughs> Ugly parodies of community 
family, you just, I'm not like, I'm not trying to make you more Christian. Do you understand? We're already that me. I told you last week, God loves that me. God died for that me. So you can't earn God's love. You can't get more of God's love. You can't get more of his favor. But, but I'm just, we're trying to live lives that please God. Amen? The flesh will never serve God. Some people think, oh, they're so sanctified. They're so, on this side of heaven, no. On this side of heaven, you'll always have something that wants to go against what the Spirit is telling you to do. Because this flesh will never serve God. This flesh is about my own pleasure. This flesh is about my own. At the end, if it's you or me, I'm choosing me. This flesh. Only in the spirit can I say, if it's you or me, I'll choose you. You have life. Only in the spirit. That's why God says they'll know us by our love for one another. When the world sees that we love them for no reason because we have nothing to gain from them, when they see that we love them for no reason, they say, that's not natural. That's not flesh. That could only be spiritual. Wow. So the flesh will never, and we see that Paul wants to live a life that's pleasing to God. And if we're here today, we probably want the same thing. And so he gets even deeper into the struggle in Romans 7. I love this passage. Romans 7, Paul says, I know that nothing good lives in me, in, in my sinful nature, in this flesh. Nothing good lives in this flesh. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good that I want to do. No, the evil that I don't want to do, this good I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin living in me that does it. He's saying, so I know that every time I want to do good, evil is right there with me. Are we learning anything? There's a battle on the inside. My challenge to, my challenge to you this week is this. Check what you feed more. That's my challenge to you this week. Check who you're feeding more. And make a list of who you're feeding with what. You might be totally shocked when you realize that Sunday from 11 to 1 or 2 to 3.30, that that's the only food you're giving the white wolf. Make a list of how much the, that, the other wolf, the flesh, gets to eat. And how much this one gets to eat. It, you might be totally shocked. How do we feed them? You, you know. I don't have to give you every little thing. Amen? You know. You know what feeds what. Right? You know there's things you can give the Spirit and the Spirit's not going to eat it. You say, God, I'm doing this for you. God's Spirit says, I don't eat that. The spirit, I'm a, I'm, the, the flesh says I'm a sinitarian. All I eat is sin. That's all I want in the flesh. He said, no, I'm doing good things for people. The flesh says, I don't want that. I don't eat that. I don't eat. Do things for you. That I eat. Whatever's for you, that I eat. That feeds me. That makes me grow. But when you do things for other people, eh. And check your heart because when you do things for other people with the wrong heart, that's still feeding the flesh. 
Oh, because now that's feeding self-righteousness. Now it's pride. Oh, I do everything for other people. I, get, I pass this guy every Monday morning. I buy him a cup of coffee. Well, God bless you. You're just amazing. <laughs> Surely special place in heaven for you, for the guy that buys a cup of coffee to the homeless guy. I mean, I'm not saying that's wrong, but I'm saying we, it's a heart thing. Paul says the flesh and the spirit battle is a heart thing. Simon the sorcerer wanted to buy that power. He said, you can't buy this, man. Your heart's not right. Repent. So the picture, the, the, the picture I got this week was this. Have you, ever, have you ever got dressed in the morning without putting any major lights on? You know what I'm talking about? Like, because you don't want to wake somebody up or you're just in a rush and, and you kind of, you, you pull out, oh, this, this, this shirt is good and, and these pants are good and these socks, and they look like the same color and they're good and you, you put this stuff together in the dark, right? And, and you even give a quick look in the mirror in the dark and it looks, everything looks pretty good. As soon as you step outside in the light, now you walk into the bus or to the train and you're like, what am I doing? Anybody? All of a sudden, wrinkles appeared that weren't there. All of a sudden, that's a blue sock and a, and a, and a brown shoe, and this is a gray. And this, oh, man. How, anybody ever done that? See, in the light, everything is clearly seen. What looked all right in the dim light doesn't make it in the bright light. <coughs> what could pass, worship team, you guys can come. What can pass in a dark room gets exposed when the light hits it. Family, I, I really believe this series is stepping us out into the light. I really believe everything that's happened to us recently, everything that we've gone through is God bringing us into the light. And in the light, what was good in the dark, it's going to get exposed. I know, fun message. See, the, the, the Holy Spirit doesn't keep good secrets from God too well because the Holy Spirit is God. And one of the main functions of the Holy Spirit, why he's called the Holy Spirit, is because it, he imparts holiness. The Holy Spirit of God is in us to impart holiness. The supernatural life that Paul lived, the life that I desire to have my mind set on the things of the Spirit and, and for us to, to walk in those things that God has prepared for us to walk through. Listen, some of those things are blessings for me. Some of those things are blessings for my family. A lot of those things have nothing to do with me. They're blessings for other people. Those things that God has prepared in advance for me to walk in because I'm his workmanship. Somebody say amen, Ephesians. <coughs> <coughs> Paul's heart was to have, a, have, have lost people found. That was the commission that God, that God gives them, that God gave us. When the Holy Spirit came, he said, you will have power and you will be my witnesses. It's time for the church to stop hiding and the church to start walking supernaturally everywhere we go. Amen? No masks. No masks. If you thought you had to be a certain way to be here... Let me relieve you today. No masks. You could be you and be here. You don't even have to believe to belong. We'll stand with you. We'll be here with you. We'll walk through this thing with you. Last, last thing, I promise. At my uncle's funeral, 
The last thing I expected to, to happen there. We were, at, we were at the funeral. We did the, the, whole, the whole thing. And, and um, this lady comes out of nowhere. Nobody knew her. She comes out of nowhere and she starts addressing the family. She starts talking to everybody that's there. And she says, man, you know, me and my husband, we knew, we knew uh, Pedro. And, and, um, and she starts telling us things. And, and she says, you know, a week before, this is what happened. One day, um, the Holy Spirit told me, you need to go see Pedro. And all of a sudden, that caught my attention. So wait a minute, what's going on here? And she said, the Holy Spirit told me that we had to go see Pedro. And so I told my husband, said, listen, God wants us to go see, see him. And he says, but man, we haven't seen him in a long time. We don't know where he lives. I, I think he lives, I think he moved over here. I mean, he's kind of lived in the same place all his life, in the same buildings kind of. And she goes, I think, I think um, he lives, it's, it's somewhere here in the city. And, and, and he says, but how are we going to find him? She goes, don't worry, let's get in the car and let's go. The Spirit of God will find him for us. They get in the car and they head toward the general area. And you know that the Spirit of God directed them right to the same building. Right to the building where there was somebody standing in front and they asked, does this one live here? He said, yes, uh, this floor. They went. They met with him. She prayed with him. And my uncle, she says, my uncle accepted the Lord. My uncle received the gospel. He believed on the Spirit of God that led her there with no address. He died shortly after that. So imagine if you let your limitations stop you from doing what God wanted you to do. I mean, that's the... Family, that's the supernatural life that I want. That's the supernatural life that I want for you. Where God says, I need you to go speak to this person. God, I don't know where he is. Just get in the car. Just get in the car. See, a lot of us won't make a move until we have every step planned out. That's not faith. You ever tried to turn a car that's off? The wheel is locked. The tire, the thing don't move. But when the car is on and moving, it's easy to steer. When we're moving, when we're doing what God wants us to do, God is able to turn. God is able to. It's easier for him to turn something that's moving than for him to get us off our lazy butts and actually get us started someplace. We need to step into this supernatural thing. Amen? So I challenge you this week. Check who you're feeding. Check your diet. I'm saying, great, another diet to check. This one has eternal life consequences. This one is not about a six-pack or a better Brazilian whatever. <laughs> this one is eternal. Amen? There's lives hanging in the balance that God has called us to touch. And we're sitting in a group praying for each other. God bless you. Can we stand? Let's worship together.
worship. Let's worship. If you need to respond, obviously we're always here. You can come. We'll pray with you. We'll stand with you. If you need to make things right with God, if you want to just take a stand to step out and say, God, I need to, I need to come clean with you for a couple of things. I need, I need to be, to be, I need a touch from you, God. I need something. Then you're always, this is always open to you. We, we just invite you to come. But the real walk happens outside of here. Here it's easy to be spiritual. The real walk is out there. Let's worship.
For those of you who have been baptized in water, we dunk you under the water and then you come back up again. And that's a picture of what God does when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That person that you used to be no longer exists. You are not that sinner anymore. That is not you. That urge in your heart to go against the ways of God, that's not you anymore. That person is dead. In fact, before we give the call, I just feel like we need to do a funeral, even though it's Mother's Day. This is going to be a first in all history. How many of you agreeing with me that that old sinner, that flesh is dead in you? You are not that person anymore. Well, we're going to officially lay it to rest. So, Melissa, maybe we could sing Amazing Grace. And we're just going to bury it once and for all. You are not that person. Your identity, you are a son or a daughter. You are a man of valor, a woman of holiness. We walk uprightly. We are examples to those around us because the power of the Spirit lives in us. So we're going to take a minute right now. It could be Mother's Day, but we need, we need to have a funeral so we could release the resurrection power of God on this Mother's Day. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved us. So, Father, we just consider it dead and buried. We say the past is over. It's no longer you who live, but it's Christ who lives in you. And you are alive to God. You are dead to sin. You are alive in him. That's not you. The Bible says it's illegal to speak to the dead. Every time you go back to that old person, you're communicating with the dead. 
We're going to leave it there. Uh, maybe, maybe there are some of you here today. You, you, maybe you're visiting. Somebody dragged you in for Mother's Day. And you don't even know the Jesus that we're speaking about. The one who loves you. The one who created you with a plan and a purpose. His arms are wide open. It doesn't matter what you've done in your life. You could be the worst sinner in the history of the Bronx. And Jesus is here to receive you in. If you just make a choice to make him today your Lord and Savior. It's a free gift. Here's your Mother's Day gift. Salvation is a free gift. We don't want anything from you. But God wants your heart. If that's you today, if you're saying, I'm choosing today to give my heart to Jesus, or maybe you used to serve Jesus, maybe you used to walk with him, and you want to make a choice and say, God, I'm coming home. If that's you, just raise your hand, and we just want to pray for you. Amen. God bless you. Amen. So, Father, I just pray for each one whose hand is raised right now. We welcome you into the kingdom of God. The Bible says the angels rejoice over you. And after the service, those of you who raised your hands, you could come and see us here in the front if you want more explanation or we'll pray with you. So I'm just going to ask all all the mothers just in closing to just raise your hand. I just want to release a special blessing over you. Father, we thank you for all these moms, Lord God. Faithful women of God who, who are willing to sacrifice every day and do it over and over again. Those who choose to love, oh God, to put their children above anything else in this world. I just bless you today. I release a blessing over each mom from the heart of the Father. I bless you with strength. I bless you with good health. I decree and declare over you that every need is provided. There is no lack. In Jesus' name. And more than anything else, I bless you to go deeper into the heart of the Savior, Savior, the heavenly bridegroom who loves you. He, the scripture says, he is lovesick over you. You are the desire of his heart. So just receive the blessing and the love of Jesus in Jesus' name. Amen.